0: Today we're gonna to jump into uh, today's message, um, and I've been I've been thinking this this past week and uh, since Easter. Easter was last week weekend. We had a lot of guests, a lot of people that tuned in. So if that's you, thanks for tuning in and welcome back. Uh, but we had a lot of people who, who would listen, watch the service with us, and I love Easter because it's our it's it's what changes everything for us as believers of, of Christ is that He came, He died, but He didn't stay in the grave. He rose again and uh, that changes everything for us because if he has power to rise, rise from the grave, we have power over death and over the grave also. And so it's just not awesome uh, Sunday that we can celebrate every year. I love it. And so, uh, yeah, so we're going to jump into this next, uh, next message today to encourage us for this week. You know, during this season of life, I don't know about you, um, but this last week was really tough for me. I talked to a few people, and a lot of them had this echoed the same kind of a thing: is they're missing some of their friends, they're missing people, they're missing the what was uh, sometimes we took for granted, right? It just seems so simple as being able just to hang out with others. And uh, begin. It, it's tough. And this week for me, I felt a little bit of that. Like I'm missing some of the things that we've we've grown accustomed to, right? As simple as just eating at friends' house, hanging out, laughing, playing games, uh, having a good time. Uh, that just changes. Now it's in our families. It's in maybe our closer circles that some of that is happening, which is good and it should be. Uh, but for the for most of us on that that wider wider spectrum, we're missing a lot of people. What I know at this season of life is it what the changes that it brings. There's also other things, like the one thing that has disturbed, maybe disturbed me the most is, is the rise in, in, um, in, in physical abuse and violence, domestic violence that's taking place. Um, things like that, are, that that begin to happen. And today I'm going to address a little bit of, of that, where that comes from and what takes place when things are you know, out of control a little bit in our lives. It feels like we, you know, we don't have as many, maybe freedoms as we did before, it feels like, right? We don't have as many options as we did before, um, and there's some things we just can't control, and so right now in this season of life, there's a lot of things that we can't control. It's, it's uncertain. And here's what I know about us: is that all of us, to some extent, are control freaks, right? Uh, I can say that with, with confidence because I know this. Because this, God actually designed us uh, for the need, an inbuilt need, to actually have control. Uh, the problem is though, is that we try to, we tend to try to control things that we can't. So, if you're, uh, maybe you're out there watching, you say, "I'm not a control freak." Uh, this is what a control freak would say, all right? I'm not arguing. I'm simply explaining why I'm right. It's a control freak, right? Uh, control freak will say, hey, you want to hear a, a, a joke about control freaks? Yes, sure you do, right? And they just jump into it and they tell you. Well, in our lives, I know this about us, is that there's, a, there's a, a small part of each of us that wants to control things. And it's actually, this is the way God designed us. This is not actually a bad thing. It's only bad when it's focused on the wrong aspects of life. Um, and in fact, what happens is frustration will show up when we try to control things that we can't control. Anger shows up when we can't control things that, we can't, that, that are un, we're unable to control. Uh, frustration, anger, and um, even abuse, right? Because we're trying to do it. And so all kinds of things show up when we try to control things that we can't control. Stress begins to rise a little bit, you know? I, I've sensed that when I go out shopping or do some of the different things I do throughout the week. Is I feel this tension, right, within our community. That there's people a little stressed out uh, with uncertainty, right? There's, there's a little stress of those that are working, Right, the ones that are working, that are essential, right? They're a little um, maybe uh, uh, frustrated. They have to work, and it seems like everybody else is not working. And then the ones that aren't working are a little frustrated because without work, there's there, that affects the the bottom line, right? Affects us financially. So we want to be working, and there's kind of this tension to be the other person, right? And and we we can tend to miss out on what's in front of us when we do this. We try to control the wrong things. Because here's here's what happens. When I say we're designed this way, um, studies show that we have we have this desire and this need in our lives for control, right? And when we are in control, it actually engages our brain, right? And when we don't have control of things, our brains disengage. I'll give you an example. If we were to get a little toddler and we were to put some of the little sensors on his, on his or her brain, right, and, and we begin to monitor the brain activity, and then also, I was to get my a drum set and begin to play the drums for that toddler, there'd be a little bit of activity. they get a little bit excited for a little while, Right? But if all they did is just watch me play the whole time, eventually their brain would disengage. They would want to go do something different. They wouldn't be able to last, right? They will not be able to um, keep their attention for very long. But now, if I got that little toddler and I gave the drumsticks to him or her, and I said, here, go play the drums, uh, ha- have as much fun as you want. As soon as they start banging those drums, what do you think the brain waves or the, the sensors are going to tell us? That they're very engaged, right? Their brain would go crazy, right? All of the the different, um, the the waves and the peaks, it would begin to go everywhere. Why? Because there would be maybe some excitement. Uh, It would go crazy with joy and so on, right? Just all these different emotions that they would be feeling as they're playing those drums. Why? Because I gave them control of the drumsticks. And when they have control of those drumsticks, they now have control of making noise. They now have control of whatever's in front of them. And what happens is the brain is engaged because of it. So what happens in the season we're in when we don't have control of things, if we're not careful, the danger is that our brains will disengage, will disconnect, right? This is where depression will set, it, set in. This is what sociologists and psychologists are a little worried about in this season, is that we begin to let anxiety and worry and fear, all those things begin to dominate our lives. And what happens is we now become isolated and alone. Um, and, and the, the term they use is learned helplessness. So psychologists, they teach this term of learned helplessness that uh, in this season, if we're not careful, will take place is one of the major things that can arise is um, is that we when when we realize we can't control things, eventually what happens is we give up the need to control. We just we we make this decision to say, you know what, I can't do anything anyway, so I might as well just unplug. I might as well just give up. And what happens is that people dis- disengage, right? They just want to sleep away. They don't want to sleep it away. They don't want to engage or pay attention. It's kind of like. Well, since I can't control anything, I'm just not going to control anything at all. I'm going to back off. And, and what can happen is we can, learn, we can learn this, what's called learn helplessness. That we just get in this season of saying, well, then I just can't control anything. And that's, that's one extreme. The other extreme would be, like we, like I talked about abuse, right? We try to control things that we can't control. Now, and even through physical force, um, through, through m- manipulation, through whatever it is, right? And so there's these extremes of when you don't have control, you begin to try to figure out either how to control or you give up control completely. And here's the problem with learned helplessness, is when somebody doesn't believe they can change the outcome or they can do anything about what's in front of them, they, they disengage, they don't do anything for the future, and that only is going to produce something negative in the future. It'd be like me not investing in anything but expecting a really great return one day. Like, I can't expect anything that I to, to come good that I don't put into and invest in, right? And so today, I want to talk a little about that. What does Jesus have to say? about this season that we're in, right? What does Jesus have to say about living this life and focusing on what we should be focused on and not focusing on the wrong thing? So we're going to read, um, um, it's it's a a teaching that Jesus taught and it's found in Matthew. In fact, from Matthew 5, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, um, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. It'd be his first message, sermon that he gave uh, to people to explain some kingdom principles The first uh, sermon he gave to begin to teach his disciples of what the kingdom of God is like. In fact, I would encourage you even this week, if you want to know what Jesus' message is, that's a great starting point because he gives three three chapters just with some teachings very succinctly of saying, here, do this, do this, don't do this, pay attention to this, uh, be aware of this. And he goes on. Well, in the middle of that, in in chapter 6, he makes this statement about our life and what we should focus on. And so I'm going to read it, and uh, it's going to be about, um, I think, almost 10 verses. And so as we read through these, uh, just hang in with me, and I'm going to, we'll, we'll talk about what this means to us in a second. Uh, but so Jesus is teaching. This is what he says in Matthew 6. He says, This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. So Jesus begins, he's in this teaching, and he says, guys, don't, don't, don't worry about the wrong things, right? Don't focus on the wrong things. He says, isn't life more than food and your body more? In clothing. So he says, guys, life is so much more than possessions, right? And if if, if we've learned anything during this time is that some of us have put our um, our hopes and our desires and our security in some of the, some things in life that aren't secure. You know, whenever there's an earthquake that takes place, um, we can look at it two ways. An earthquake is shaking, right? A storm that comes our way. We can look at it as a horrible thing or we can look at it uh, and it exposes what's already there, right? If a building's not built to, co- to, to par to code, and an earthquake comes through and the building collapses, it just shows that that building was not built safely, and it wasn't built in a healthy way, right? Or if there's elements that the building was weak, it'll show up. And in, in this storm that we're in, called the COVID-19, it's shaking us a little bit to, I think, expose and reveal to our culture, and to us individually, what was there, what we put our hope in, right? If our hope is in the stock market, it got, that was a big shaking for a lot of people. Because their hope was in the stock market. It was in something that, that they were trying to control, right? And, and Jesus is saying, isn't our life more than these things than, than possessions? Than owning things and, and having things? Isn't life more than that, right? More than food for the body and more, more than clothing for the body and food for the for the body? He says, and he goes on and says this, look at the birds. Uh, they don't plant or harvest or store, store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. He says, look at the birds. I mean, he takes care of creation, right? He points out, Jesus is pointing out that God... He created things to work in specific ways, and he's going to feed and take care of... He says, an example is the birds. Look at them. God takes care of them. And he goes on and says, aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Jesus is saying, all right, humans, people, you're more valuable to God than animals. You're more valuable to God. So what you worry about, is going to add a single moment to your life? Is he going to add a day? You worrying about tomorrow. You worrying about the future. Is it going to add more days to your life? He say no. In fact, we know through studies, right? It actually will shorten our lives because we begin to focus on the wrong things, and it can make us sick if we do the wrong things with that. He goes on and says, "Don't worry about clothing." And why worry about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. Right. So he's a. You he can make a comparison here, right? When we're concerned with possessions and how we look, he says, "Just look at the the, the flowers. Look at the flowers in the field." So last Sunday, uh, Easter Sunday, after our service was over, you know, my family dressed up. We had a great Easter service. I uh, hope you guys did the um, Easter jam. Uh, my, we really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun with my family to do. Well, after all, th- during our, our Sunday, um, we picked up our kids from my parents, and uh, we were getting ready to leave. And my youngest daughter, she says, Dad, look it. And she's so, so amazed um, that there's this little planter outside the, the house of my parents, and um, there's these, these colorful flowers, right? And so I'm ready to leave. I'm not focused on anything but just the next thing. That's, sometimes my personality is, let's go to the next thing, right? We're done right now with this. Let's move on, right? Some of this uh, season of the COVID-19, that's my personality is I'm like, all right, let's talk about the next thing. What are we doing to move forward? And if, the challenge with me is I could miss what's in front of me because I'm always thinking about the next thing. But my youngest daughter, she pointed out, she said, Dad, look at the flowers. And she began to look at these beautiful flowers. And I, I think it's it just it shows about. The innocence of, of children, like they can, they're more aware of the beauty around us than I think sometimes we are. And for a second, there she reminded me of life, and she reminded me of the flowers. And this weekend, I was reading this uh, this verse when Jesus talking about look at the flowers. I thought of my daughter. Right? She's saying, "Dad, look at the flowers; they're beautiful." And we paused, and we just took in the flowers—the purples and the yellows, and the different, um, the brightness, right? The the different hues, and it just—it was amazing. And she reminded me, "Dad, slow down." we all need to slow down and smell the flowers sometimes even in the middle of a difficult season and she said hey dad look at and this is what she's saying look at the look at the lilies of the field look how they grow God God started these processes that just take care of themselves he said they don't work and make their clothing yet Solomon right referring to King Solomon who was very wealthy very influential right he said yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are Solomon didn't have the beauty of these flowers that we see in the fields do And Jesus is saying, look at the flowers. You focus on the wrong things, and you strive, and you work so hard to try to accomplish things, but there's some natural processes that go on if you'll just trust the process, if you'll do the right things now. then He goes on and says, if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. So Jesus is saying, God, he cares about nature, he cares about these things, these processes that are going on. Surely he's going to care for you also. And notice what the question Jesus asks when he's teaching the, the, his teaching in, in Uncertain Mount. He says this, why do you have so little faith? He equates our faith to what we put our trust in, our hope in, our focus on. So when we're worried about possessions, when we're worried about food, when we're worried about what we're going to eat, what we're going to wear. When we, when we do that, it's actually a statement that our faith is not in God, but in ourselves. Our faith is not in God, but in other things. And he's saying, why do you have so little faith? Aren't you trusting God more? Why aren't you in the middle of what you, the difficult you're going through? Why don't you just maybe turn your attention away from those things, right, and begin to turn to what God has? And He goes on and says He's not done yet. He says, "Don't worry about these things." Saying, "What will we eat? What will we drink? And What will we wear?" So God say, "Don't let that become such a, uh, an issue in your life that just uh, preoccupies your thoughts and your and your life that you begin to worry, right, about these things." He says, "These things they dominate the thoughts of unbelievers." people that don't trust God, people that don't have their faith in God, right? People that don't, aren't following Christ. He says, these things are what dominates unbelievers, but your Heavenly Father already knows your needs. Can I take a moment and just say this, that whatever you're going through, God knows your needs. And if you'll begin to say, God, I'm going to trust you even in the middle of this, he'll provide, he'll take care of you, he'll help you. I know it can be a scary season for many people, right? With uncertainty about work and jobs and all that. But just trust, God will work it out for good if you'll just trust him. And you don't give up, you don't connect, you don't learn, you know, learn helplessness doesn't begin to, to seep into your life. But you just say, God, I'm in trust. I'm doing what I need to do now. And he says, God knows your needs. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of us. Right? He's going to watch out for us. And he, go, and he goes on and says this, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he'll give you everything you need. And this is a powerful statement Jesus makes. He says, if you'll seek the kingdom of God above all else in your life, You'll begin to live the life God's has asked you to. Live righteously. He will give you everything you need. Everything. What do you need? He'll give it to you. If you'll seek God, you'll begin to live the life He's asking you to, to live. He'll take care of everything you need. And this is how he finishes it. He finishes this idea by saying this, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So what's the answer? What do we do? I think we follow Jesus' advice. We don't worry about tomorrow. We focus on today, right? Tomorrow's troubles are going to take care of themselves. There's enough of that. There's enough troubles, enough challenges that we have today. Let's not stack up tomorrow's and the next year's and next year's on top of day. Let's just Let's just deal with today right now. See, because what happens in, in, in life is when we begin to worry, right? Worry pops up. Um, and there's a lot of reasons we, sh- we could worry in this moment, right? There's a lot of unknowns. When it pops up, we have to figure out what are we going to do with this? Are we going to dwell on it? Are we going to let it ruminate, right? Begin to think about all the problems and maybe neglect the solutions or the possibilities? What are we going to do with this worry? And what happens when we allow worries to stay and we begin to to dwell on that? It turns into anxiety. And anxiety is very unhealthy for us because now we're focused on things that we can't control and they're beginning to to dominate our our thought life and dominate our emotions, right? And what happens in the season when you don't feel control and your brain shuts off? Well, if your brain is shut off, now your emotions are on your fillers are at a capacity and they're beginning just to fill everything. And the problem with that is our feelings can mislead us, right? And so when we disengage our brain, our, our feelings begin to dominate. And then we try to control things. We try, we get frustrated. We want to just disconnect, maybe depression, things like that sit in. And so when it comes to worrying and anxiety, really, when you think about worrying, worrying is very similar to prayer, right? But, but worry is just praying to ourselves. A prayer that we pray to God, asking for help, that's that's given to him, but worry is like we just dwell on this idea, we dwell on this thing that we're trying to solve and fix ourselves, right? What, what, what can we, we focus on? And, and, and what begins to dominate our thoughts is the things that we can't control a lot of times. And it makes us anxious, and it makes us... And I think this is why Jesus is saying that. Don't let the worries of, of, of the world, the cares that, that so often dominate our thoughts, be the things that we focus on. But, he says, but rather, would you trust God with your life, right? Right? Um, if, if, if you're, you know, if you're in the season of worrying, right, maybe you need to say, God, I'm, I'm going to stop praying to myself. And I'm going to start praying to you. You know, I'm not going to let the anxiety begin to overtake me, right? I'm not going to focus only on the problems. I'm also going to say, what's the solution? What, what actions can I do today? What can I do today? And I think that, that's, that's the, the message is saying here is, would you focus on today? Don't let tomorrow, don't let next year, don't let is going to take place in the next few months, dominate your thinking right now. Do something today that will begin to repair for a better future, but don't let the worries of tomorrow seep in and overwhelm me, overtake you. So what are the next steps? Here's, here's, here's what I'm going to challenge us for today, right? Our challenge is we need to make some lists, right? So the next step, this is what you need to do. You, make, you need to make a list of all the things that you can't control. So on your piece of paper, right, maybe put a little line down the middle, and on one side you put things I can't control, and begin to make a list of all the things that you can't control and this is really, really important because what happens is when uh, we don't identify and we don't begin to talk about the issue, uh, it's actually bigger inside of our mind, inside of our lives, than it really is. Um, I'm going to give you a story in a second to illustrate that. And in the second column, um, begin to write things that you can't control. right? So we'll start with the first column. right? Just what is, what is a list? right? And, he, and here's a little hint. If you want to know what that list is, just listen to the news, listen to social media, and they'll tell you everything that you can't control and all the things that you should worry about. And they'll use fear to get us to keep checking in back and back into it over and over, because they want to control us with fear and with um, with with uncertainty and with the unknown. And so it's a great way to if you if you struggle with what can I not control, just listen to a lot of people what they're saying, and, and it'll begin to give you a hint of things you can't control. But begin to write that list down, right? Um, and then what you need to do is is once you make that list, you actually need to take a moment and grieve all of that, and take a moment and and let it just begin to say, all right. I can't control these things, and this is really difficult, really hard. And just be honest about it, right? Um, you, you spend some time over those over those things, like, um, you know, things you can't control. I can't control others, right? I can't control the outcomes of, of work. I, I, I can't control if, if you lost a job, you know, when you'll get to work again. If your hours were cut, when you'll get those hours again, right? If you're one of the essentials and you're working overtime right now a lot, you can't control some of those things. So you could be here and write those things down and say, I can't control these things right now. And then, I would say, then you need, you need to set a timer for about five or six minutes and just take a moment to grieve that loss, right? Because it is a loss that we can't control. It. And some of those things are very hard for us to actually deal with. But here, here's the caveat, right? Here's the warning. Is don't spend too much time on this side of the list or it'll actually become a negative in your life. It'll actually become anxiety. It'll turn into the opposite of what we're supposed to do. All I'm saying is that on this list, when you write it, what should happen is you should begin to say, okay, what's going on here? I need I need, I need to be honest with my situation. I need to be honest with what's going on, the things that are worrying me, the things that are dominating me. And then, and then you, you, you take a moment just to grieve that and, and be honest about it. But then you, you stop there. And you, and you turn it over to God. In fact, I think this whole statement that Jesus is making in, this, in Matthew 6, it's really a statement about faith, about trust in God. And at this point, we would say, God, I'm going to trust you. right? Where is your trust? right? So when we do these columns, these two, two lists, um, they, they call it bracketing or compartmentalizing, right? We, we we take them and we separate them. And on the second list, this next step would make a second list where we begin to um, talk about things that we can control. So maybe you can't control your finances a whole lot because of hours, but you can control your budget. What are we going to cut out? What can what can we cut out during this time? What are the non essentials that we can begin to get rid of, right? So we don't spend that money. Um, what are the activities I can do to stay healthy? Um, I can pray. That's something I can do. And on the second list, you begin to write everything that you can control. right? And for some of us, I think this might even have to be done on a daily basis for a while. If you're battling anxiety, if you're battling with some depression, if you feel, feel that uh, lack of control is overtaking you, right? maybe you have to do this on a daily basis, saying here's things I can't control, here's things I can control. And then guess what we're going to spend most of the time on? The things we can control. Because when we spend time on this side, we're unhealthy, but when we spend time on the things we can control, we actually can be healthy again. And so the second list, we'll make that second list, right? And, and I would even say this, that you can even go back to some of the scriptures we read and you can say, God, here's the things that I've been worrying about. Here's the things that have been overwhelming me. Today, I'm going to put them in your hands. It's a statement of faith and trust saying, God, I can't control those things. So would you help me? Help me to have better outcomes than I can even imagine. And then God, on this part, it will help me to know how to manage my time, manage my life for the things that I can control. Let me tell you a little story about my family. That right, might, I think, bring this to, to life. All right. So in 2008, we had a we had a crisis, financial crisis. In um, 2008, we had a financial crisis in our country. Right, the housing market crashed, and uh, my family bought in 2006 a house in, in Rivancheau when the market was at its highest. Um, and so we we were one of those that the banks were taking over because they were, you know, all that stuff that took place. And so 2008, we had this this shaking in our economy. Right, it was really bad. Hurt a lot of people. We were one of those affected. And so in 2008, we began to, all that didn't take place. And, and um, in 2009, we began to struggle financially um, to a point that we didn't know if we'd lose the house, we'd lose uh, some different things, the possessions that we had. And for me, it was very, very overwhelming. In fact, um, you know, we, w- in two months, we had these different things that took place to our, our, some accidents that we had to do some claims on our insurance. And um, it just seemed like a perfect storm just came at once. And financially, it made everything really, really, really tight. And my daughter had a birthday, and I couldn't even afford to buy her a present that year. We got ready enough for some food and a cake for the family to come, and we didn't have money for a present. We didn't, you know, it was really hard for me. And I took a lot of that weight on myself of, man, I'm, I'm, I'm horrible as a, as a father. I can't even provide for my family. And I was to a place where there's a little bit of that depression, a little bit of that stress that began to overwhelm me. In fact, I felt like I was carrying a weight that was too heavy to carry. And there was this moment where I was so overwhelmed. Um, that, that I, I, I didn't know what to do. And so through this season of being overwhelmed, I remember my wife, this um, is probably one of the most um, strengthening points in our marriage. Uh, because in 2009, when we began to talk about it, you know, I was, she knew I was overwhelmed. She, she saw the pressure. She saw the, um, just the stress that was in my life at that moment. She said, what's going on? Let's talk about this. And we just sat and we talked. And so essentially we made that, almost that list, right, of what are all the things. And, and the question was that we asked in 2009 was this. What's the worst that could happen? She said, okay, let's just talk about it. What's the worst that could happen? And so we made, we began to talk about all the things. So we lose the house, right? Because we can't afford it. So, okay, then what happens after that? We lose a house. Is that the end of the world? No. And, and what's the worst that could happen? So we began to just talk through each of those those statements. And we realized that in my life, I, that moment, I thought the worst thing that could possibly happen was to lose some things, right? And she said, well, what would happen when we lose a house? And then what? Well, I would probably be able to hurt more pride than anything, right, that I could provide and whatever. She said, yeah, but would life still go on? I'm like, yeah, life still go on. So then what would we do? We just played it out. We walked, the, we walked through the whole thing, the worst case scenario, essentially, right? When we walked down, she said, well, what would we do? I said, probably move in with some family members until we can get back on our feet again. That doesn't sound like so horrible, right? Maybe a little bit of pride in the issue, but overall, it's, we can just keep moving forward. What else? Like, what else do we lose? And we just we list a few possessions that we'd probably lose, right? What else would happen? We'd have a negative on our credit account, right? But within seven years, we can build that back up and we can go again. And we talked through all of the different issues that would be pressing. And what we realized is I would not lose a single thing that was really, really, really important to me. I still have my wife. I still have my kids. I still have family and friends. And those that really love me, they'd be there for me more than ever, right? And what happened is in that conversation, I made the list and we talked about it. This weight that I've been carrying for months and months, all of a sudden lifted off of me. And I realized I was trying to control things that I could not control. Maybe hindsight, looking back, we could have changed some things that would not have put us in that position. But in the moment, I couldn't change the past. All I could think about, all I could change was the present in the moment. And that's what Jesus is telling us. He's saying, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for Today, what is he saying? Be present. Do things you can do today, so that tomorrow you can have things. You know, when, and, and when I talk about the flowers, Jesus says, "Look at the flowers of the field." Right? When I think of flowers, I think of that's a that's a process that, that happens. Right? A seed is planted, water waters that seed, eventually it grows into something beautiful. So when I think of flowers in our lives. I think of beauty. I think of things that are produced in our life because of hard work. Right? So when it comes to flowers in our lives and things that are that we want and desire. I think there's two options we can do. We could hope, wish, and dream that they might happen one day. Maybe God will let us win the lottery. Maybe God will supernaturally provide and Sometimes he does, and that's a great thing. That's not bad. Or the second option is I could find out where those seeds that I want, the type of flower, the type of fruit, the type of plant, what are those seeds? When I say seeds, I mean like better marriages, better finances, uh, better employees and and being being in the workforce, right? What are those seeds that I'm really looking for. Where can I find them? And then we're going to plant those seeds and we're going to be able to water them. And every day we'll take that seed and plant it and then water them continuously every single day. You know what's going to happen? One day we're going to wake up. You know what's going to be out in our yard? A lot of flowers. Better jobs, better marriages, better future. Why? Because we decided today to do something that will produce something good in the future. When learned helplessness seeps in, and we just say, I'm going to disconnect, I'm not going to worry, Just fine, I can't control anything, I'm not going to do anything. We can't expect any kind of flowers to come. And if they do come, a lot of times what happens, we don't even enjoy them, we don't take care of them. Because we weren't ready for them. We see this in the lottery, right? How many, what's the percentage of, of people that win the lottery that within a year or two, they're bankrupt? Because they didn't know how to manage that. Why? They weren't doing today what they needed to do today. They were just hoping, wishing, and dreaming that all of a sudden their future would be perfect without having to do anything today. And this week, let me just tell you guys, if you're like me, right, there's a lot of things we can't control. And that frustrates us, right? That, that makes it really hard. If we will say, I'm, I'm not going to focus on what I can't control. I'm going to focus on what I can control. What are the things that you can control? You can pray more. I can pray more. We can, we can ask God, invite him in. I think reading scripture is one of the best things you can do. Memorizing scriptures. You know, the beginning of all this, they said, make sure you wash your hands for 20 seconds. You know, the, the prayer that Jesus taught us, the Lord's Prayer, it takes about 21 seconds to pray. That could be something you can do. While you're washing your hands, why don't you pray the Lord's Prayer and invite Him into that day, saying, God, you know, help me out. Our Father in heaven, how, how would be your name? And as you're washing your hands, you can invite Him in. Another great prayer to memorize is Psalms 23, right? That even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your rod and your staff, they comfort us. When we go through something difficult, God, you're going to be there to help us. If fear is driving you and anxiety, Psalm 91 is a great psalm begin to read every single day so what can you do? you can read scripture you can pray you can reach out to people right you can change your budget so you can prepare for whatever's coming in the future you can get things in order now so the future can be better so Jesus says trust me really? where we put our trust our faith it's it's a faith statement of trust in God God, I'm either going to put my trust in the stock market and in my life and in my boss and in finances or I'm going to put it in you So here's my challenge. This week, would you make the lists? One list of things you can't control, a list of things you can. For some of you, you need to do this every single day because you're allowing anxiety and worry and fear to drive your decisions. You're allowing anger and frustration and stress to drive your your decisions. We have to stop that. How do we stop it? We call it what it is. It's out of our control, and that's okay, right? And then we look at the other list and say, what is in my control, and when we realize that we can't control, there's some things in life, right? Life, by definition, is uncertain. And that's okay, because we don't know what's going to come. But if we'll take that, and we'll give it to God. It's like, God, I trust you with these things I can't control. And God, help me to know what I need to do, and begin to do it. God will honor us, and he'll bless us, because we focus on the right things. All right? Awesome. Hey, today, as we end our service, if you're watching today, is I uh, talked about trusting in God, and putting our trust and our focus in the wrong thing, Maybe some of you you're watching today and you're overwhelmed. Maybe you're very anxious. Maybe you're worried. Maybe you have some fear that's set in. Maybe some frustration. Maybe some anger. All those things. Let me just tell you, this week would you would you turn it over to God? Would you invite him to help you on this journey? Reach out to some people that can help you. Reach out to us. We'd love to know that, that you need some support, you need some help, you need some encouragement. What are the next steps? How can I move forward? We'd love to, to, to be able to resource you to help you on that journey because we know that if you make the right decisions and control the things that you can control, the outcomes will be better. We need to stop focusing on things we can't control and start focusing on things that we can. And when we control ourselves, you know, in the beginning I said that we were designed this way. The problem is, when, when I say designed for control, we're designed for one kind of control. And that kind of control is self control that is the only kind of control that we were designed as humans to do by God is to control ourselves. And when we control ourselves in a healthy way, our decisions, they positively impact others around us. And when we can't control ourselves, and when we try to control others because of you know, whatever reason, it only causes more issues in our lives. So today, if you're watching, I'll say turn it over to God. And then if there's another group of you that are watching today that you're, 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 you're tuning in, you're maybe searching, and today... You know, I think you're ready to make a decision to follow Christ, to surrender your life to God. You know, a big part of um, of making these lists is surrendering some of the things that we can't control to God. That's what it means to follow Christ, to be a Christ follower, is that we let him lead us on this journey. That we say, God, I put my trust in you. And today, so, if you're watching, I want to give you an opportunity to lead you in a prayer. If you're not following Christ, if you're separated from God because of the choices you made, because of your past... Maybe you're struggling in this moment and you want a new start. Paul says that if we come to God, we confess our past, if we turn it over to Him, He leads us in a new direction. And today, if you're watching, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. It's a simple prayer, an imitation of a relationship. You say, God, help me. Help me to, to follow You. I'm going to trust You with my life. So that's you today. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Wherever you're at, you're home, watching on the computer and your phone, wherever you're at, would you take a moment and just pray this prayer with me? Say this. Say, Father God, Today, I acknowledge and I admit that I need your help. Today, I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my past, of my sins, of trying to control things I can't control. Help me to make wise decisions, better decisions. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on that cross so I can have a new start, so I can have life. Thank you that he's alive today, ready to help. Come into my life. I place my trust in you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Awesome. I just want to say, if you pray that prayer, congratulations, welcome to the family. Um, all of heaven, it says, celebrates when one person turns their life to God. Uh, so Dave, I believe many of you did that. Let me know. By filling out the connection card, there's a place to make a a box that says, I made a decision today. Would you go online to our website, thegrovesantafe.com, and there's a connection card that you can fill out digitally. And I'll send you a letter this week's following up. In fact, if you pray that prayer, check that box. I'll also send you a gift this week to encourage you, a resource to help you on this journey, to know how to move forward.